everybody. Welcome back to the D Show. I'm your host, Garrett, here. And today we're going to be talking hockey. You know, the NHL season's wrapping up. It's coming to an end. Only about another month or so in playoffs. And there's a lot going on, a lot of talk about, you know, a lot of discussions and, you know, things leading up. Like, is Boston going to maintain this high-level play coming in the playoffs? I think a lot of us know they do tend to choke when it comes to the playoffs. But right now, I mean, they're 54-11. and 11. This is like equivalent to the 72 and 9, you know, Warriors. Like, this is really good. Like, they are re- they already clinched playoff spot. I mean, they are a really, really, really deep, really good hockey team. And are they going to keep this play up? They already have, a, they have 113 points. The next closest is Carolina, 100. And they're 28 and 3 at home. I mean, that's insane. And 26 and 8 away, which is even more impressive. And the goal differential is plus 114. I mean, they're on a different level, guys. So, is, you know, Boston going to be able to maintain that? Is Carolina going to be snipping at their heels? You know, Vegas, you know, they're on top of the, you know, in the, you know, in their conference. And they got Dallas nipping at them. Like, are, are and the Kings, like, are they, are they going to be able to handle, you know, the, you know, the teams coming up and the pressure and, it's just so many questions and, you know, just things that need to be answered. We can't until, obviously, the game time, the pot drops and, you know, the final whistle is blown. But it's just so much is going on. And the big trade in line, Patrick King going to the Rangers. The Rangers going to make a push. So a ton of things, you know, going on in hockey. And it's just super exciting stuff. Jonathan Quick going to Vegas, I think, is a big, big deal. Like, to have two quality goaltenders in the playoffs with depth, somebody gets hurt, you know, goaltender gets hurt, you got you know, got the next man up. And that's huge for Vegas to have, you know, goaltending depth is big in hockey. And when you have two very good goaltenders there in Vegas, it's a huge advantage for Vegas. So I'm super excited to see what they do. Now, I'm a Penguins fan. And by the way, Crosby, last night, everyone thinks he's a baby if you're not a Penguins fan. But you know what? His skill speaks for himself, and I think that defends it alone. But anyway, you know, the Penguins are pushing for a playoff spot. You know, they got to beat the Islanders. Islanders are a little bit ahead of them. But you know what? They're, they're there. You know, the point is they're they're pushing for a playoff spot, um, you know, down the stretch here. And I think the Penguins are about done. I think their dominance is about over. I think the era of, you know, the Penguins being near the top of, you know, the league is coming towards the end. You know, definitely weren't the 2016-2017 teams. Um, you know, a little older, things like that. But they're still playing good hockey. Um, sometimes it's disappointing, you know. They made a couple moves, got, you know, uh, Benino back. And some, some old, you know, supposed to get some older defensemen, some veterans, which is fine. But, you know, at some point you just got to take the fact that you're going to, you know, start losing and, you know, they just need to realize, I think Hexel needs to realize that you need to start to rebuild at some point and you just can't prolong the fact that Malkin and Crosby are old um, and they're not the same and, you know, they can't get it done um, as well, you know. So it's just things like that as a Penguins fan are a little frustrating. But you know what? They're pushing up to make the wild card. That's great if not, you know, unfortunate. But you know what? I'm just, you know, really looking forward to seeing how hockey you know, as things play out, and I think there's just a lot of talent, a lot of different teams, and, uh, you know, you really can't ignore one guy, and that's definitely Connor McDavid. I mean, holy. And, uh, I mean, Connor, 
Uh, let me tell you guys. So I went to a Penguins and versus Oilers game in um, when was that? End of February, right? First ever hockey game I've been to, besides like a minor league affiliate. But I mean, NHL hockey. It's the first game I've been to, right? So I get in there and it's super exciting. We have good seats, you know, good view of the 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 rink, and you know I'm watching, and I'm a Penguins fan, right? So. You know, obviously, I should be more excited to see Crosby or Malkin or whoever. But the truth of the matter is, I couldn't keep my eyes off this Connor McDavid guy. You know, I knew he was, you know, the GOAT or the best, you know, in hockey. But I never really, you know, before this year, watched hockey. I didn't really know what to look for, expect, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I didn't really know a lot about this guy. Um, you know, we're watching warm-ups, and they're, you know, they're shooting the puck and whatever and, you know, move around the ice and, skin, you know, stretch, warm up and keep an eye on number 97. And, oh, man, he's just different, you know, and just seeing him skate and this ability maneuver, it's just on a different level. When you can appreciate stardom, appreciate quality, appreciate the talent that somebody possesses in whatever facet of life or whatever they do in life, you can just admire it, you know. You can sit there and say, you know what, that guy is special. That guy's a special player. And, you know, that is Connor McDavid. He enables that definition of great. Then you're watching a game, and every time you got the puck, it's just like he was playing a different game, you know. He just faster. His handling was insane. You know, his ability to move with the puck, control it so well, get it, you know, get around people, spin. Um, you know, there's this one play where he's going down, down the opposite side of the rink and he, uh, you know, stops on a dime. I mean, he just pivots, right? It just spins. 360, perfect pass to his teammate. He's trailing a little bit behind him and they score. You know, his ability to, you know, know what's around him, what's coming, what's going on. Stop on a dime. Do a 360, which I imagine skating. I can't skate. Skating. Just 360 stop. You know, make a perfect pass. You know, is it, it's just a definition of, you know, unworldly skill. And then he, you know... Every time, he seemed to be on the ice forever. I mean, you know, you do your shifts or your lines or whatever. And he just seemed to never leave the ice. Like, he seemed to be in incredible shape. You know, hustling, making passes. Not a selfish player at all by any means, you know. Just trying to be an all-around good, you know, team leader. And he just nevels, you know. He's what I think of great when I think of a hockey player. And then, you know... He's just, I mean, we, whatever, just, he's doing everything, right? And then it's a PK, um, not PK, sorry, that's penalty kill, what am I saying? He has a, you know, a penalty shot, right? Because he gets fouled, right? So, he's, you know, while he's skating very slowly, you know, towards our, you know, my side of the rink with Jari, you know, who, by the way, which I think is... He's kind of up and down, but, you know, he's he's an all-star goalie. So, you know, he's a pretty good goalie. He's a pretty good representation of uh, Angel goalie. 
And he's walking, sl- and I got a video of this. He's walking, you know, kind of just skating slow. But then he gets, you know, a few feet from the, the goal, right? Then he just... <sighs> he fakes right, makes Jari move to his left, and then he pulls it so quick to his left. You know, McDavid pulls so far to his left and just almost just taps it in, and he broke his ankles. He broke his ankles, you know, so fluidly, so smoothly, just little right-left action, and it's over. It was so fast. It was over. And that game ended 7-2 Oilers. Dry Saddle, by the way, is very good, too. So I don't want to take that away from him. I think he's, he's number two in hockey and goals. So it's... Or points, I think. So it's McDavid one, Dry Saddle. Point is, you know, McDavid, he he's 60 goals. He just scored a 60 of goal last night. No one's close. Like, he is an animal. And for someone who's just kind of starting to get into hockey, finally, um... He, it, sitting there in that chair, you know, you know, PBG just almost made me want to become an Oilers fan because of how good he is. Like, that's how much respect Aurora that this guy, for me at least, gave. Like, he was just on a different planet. Um, just, and I think anybody can relate, just admiring greatness. Like, everybody. Everybody has their team, right? Or usually, if you're a fan, you know, you're in any sport, you know, you're always going to root for, you usually root for somebody. Um, but then when some, you know, even I'm pulling, you know, somebody's great. And when you have a fear, every time somebody, you know, whoever it is, gets the ball or the puck, whatever it may be, and you know how good he is, and you have that fear, like, oh, he's going to do something special. Oh, he's going to make a play. Oh, he's going to make a pass. He's going to score. And that's when you know you're great. That's when somebody has that, you know, already going, you know. And that's what McDavid has. Like, he draws people in. And, you know, you can see in the defensemen's faces, they, they see him coming. They're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. We need to, we need to disrupt him as fast as we can. And sometimes they do. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Because that's how good McDavid is, so... That's just a really special moment that I think I'm going to cherish for a long time. Just seeing McDavid, just the sheer brilliance of him. Um, just captivating stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm just enjoying the hot, and I'm and I'm going to be, I mean, I'm sitting with the Penguins. Um, they're going to be bad in a few years, and maybe next year it'll start to go downhill, which is fine. They need rebuild. But it's just exciting to see some new teams, you know, like the Devils and, um, Teams like that, the Rangers and the Islanders, you know, they were bad for a long time. For a while, at least. And seeing them come back, you know, it's really cool to see. Just, and that's how sports works, you know. You're bad for a while, then you come good, you know. So it's I like that aspect of sports where it's not, at least you hope not, the same team over and over again. Um, unless you're like Boston and just buys everybody. But, you know, it's just exciting to see some new faces. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the playoffs coming up. Uh, hopefully the Penguins make it. If they don't, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world, but hopefully they do make a push. Um, so I'm just super excited for everything to come down. and Let's just see what happens. 
but yeah, I just wanted to make a quick little episode here and talk about a little bit of hockey. Um, I'm a Penguins fan. I think the team's old. Uh, Hexel needs to, you know, just, I think, just eventually just say, you know what, prep the future. Um, and if you guys, that's all I have to say about the Penguins. I think it's quite obvious. But I have to say this before I go. It's not a plug, but uh, ESPN Plus, I would buy it if I were, everyone's listening. You know, 10 bucks a month, you get like every hockey game, as long as it's on a local blackout game. Like, you get every hockey game. So, you know, after work, long day, night, turn on a hockey game. Just watch, ran- and it's just so enjoyable just to watch some random hockey game, you know, some good, com- you know, watch Colorado and Boston. You know, it was great. It's awesome. You have a ton of other sports on there. It's lovely. So if you just want to get as much hockey as you can, if you're a big hockey guy, get ESPN Plus. It's definitely worth the money, uh, 10 bucks a month, and it's just the best advice I can give you. Just enjoy a lot of hockey, and, you know, if you can catch your team throughout the market, that's awesome, even better, then you can do it that way. But, uh, yeah, guys, just, just want to get on here and talk about hockey, and it's all about guys. Hey, just super excited. Glad to see some new faces, and let's go Pens. Anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into the G Show. I'm your host, Gary. Till next time, I'll catch you later. Peace. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the G Show. I'm your host, Garrett here. And today, I want to talk about baseball. You know, baseball starting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Baseball is only like two weeks away. Spring training's about to wrap up this week. Uh, depending on where your teams are, you know, Arizona or Florida. Um, my brother's down there right now. He's enjoying some Pirates uh, spring training. But point is, the debate, the debate I wanted to talk about is who is the greatest, well, not the greatest, who is the best player in baseball right now, right? That's a huge debate in my opinion. What is the metrics? How do you even start to compare a pitcher to a hitter versus a left fielder to a first baseman. How do you even quantify comparing the two? How? How do you how do you how do you break it down position to position, right? So first things I think of, right? I think the league right now is very offensive. Which I think everyone can agree. And that's just sports in any sport across the board. People like to see offense. They like to see scoring. They like to see runs put up on the board. And that's what people like to see. So if you're looking on that side, and that mindset, and that's more of a younger person kind of view on it, you're going to be looking at the guy who put up the most homers, you know, best batting average, best, you know, most RBIs, whatever, right? So obviously Judge this past season, right? Comes up the triple crown. He hit 62 homers. Beat Robert Maris's record. I think that's the guy's name. I hope I didn't butcher that. But the point is, you know, you look at Judge, right? And he put up those crazy numbers, right? Triple crown. Um, insane. Like, is he ever going to do that again? We don't know. It's only one year, right? Can we justify saying Judge is the best player in baseball right now? Since he only did it one year. You know, last year he had 311 batting average, which is, I mean, that's, I mean, amazing. Some players will never, never see that day. 62 homers, 131 RBIs, and an OPS over 1,000. Now, that's unheard of. For a year, that's insane, right? Like, that is, 
crazy. And he's a, he's a specimen of a player. I mean, you don't get six foot seven, two hundred eighty outfield you know, pound outfielders every day. Like that is a behemoth of a man, right? And defensively, he was playing well and right. Um, I think they drafted him as a center fielder. Point is, he he's playing really well, and he did last year. And he got his big payday from the Yankees. You know, some speculation he could have gone to San Francisco. Um, they were really pushing for him. But, you know, he ended up in back in New York, which I think is a great story. But is he going to repeat it? I don't think so. I don't think he can do it again. And I don't think you can quantify him as the best player in baseball when he only did it one year. So you say, okay, Judge is definitely top probably three. But is he the best player of all? Best player I mean right now in baseball? No. So you look at who could be ahead of Aaron Judge. Right, the guy who had a monster season, the guy who put up historic numbers, and in my opinion, a guy who has to be ahead of him is Otani. I think we all know what Otani's doing right now, you know, on both sides of the plate, which is you know obviously amazing pitching, and then obviously comes you know fans you know fucking thirteen excuse my language and then. You know, hits 40 homers. You know, it's unheard of, right? I mean, last year, it's probably his best year. And if Judge didn't hit as many homers as he did, probably one of won MVP. Um, you know, Tawny last year was 15-9. 233 ERA. 166 innings pitched. And he had 219 strikeouts. And he had a 1.01 whip. Like, do you understand how good that is? Like, that is insane. He had over... he. I mean, he obviously averaged almost two inning, two strikeouts an inning. Well, not that much. But, over, like, in point is he averaged over a strikeout an inning. Like, that's unheard of. So, for him to be an ace, right, you know, pitching-wise... And then he comes over on, you know, the bats, you know, on the, you know, on the bat, you hit 273, right? Like, that's, that's crazy, you know, for him to be able to do that. Um, and he hit, wow, how many homers? Let me see here real quick. Yeah, so he had 586 at-bats last year, 90 runs, 160 hits. Um, let's see here. 34 homers as a pitcher! That's what I'm saying. As a pitcher, you're not supposed to be able to do that. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You know the the guy before him that did that? His name was Babe Ruth. His name was Babe freaking Ruth. And they talk about his day. And I got this guy. He was a freaking monster. And the year before, he had freaking... What did he hit? 46. 46. I mean, as a pitcher. So you're going to come with a two, not like 233 ERA, right? Strike out 209, you know, people. Then come on the other side, hit 34 homers, hit 270, you know, still hit how many doubles he hit? 30 doubles, six triples. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> you know, that's insane. And I'm sure if you needed the Angels need him to suit up in the left field, I'm sure he could do it. He's a specimen, too. He's freaking 6'4". I mean, and he's 28. He's in the middle of his prime. 
And right now in Triple A, he's hitting four hundred with twelve hundred OPS. He's he's on fire right now. He's like, and that's what I'm trying to say with comparing. How do you compare a guy who can do both to anybody else at his level? Like you, you gotta understand he's two all stars. Almost well, if he hit a little, if he hits two ninety with thirty homers, he's an all star. At least he should be. And then he goes on the other side. And he pitches all-star level. Like he's basically all-star on both, of the, both sides of the plate. How do you compare that to anybody else? I don't know how you're supposed to. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. So is it? it's hard to put Otani not at number one. You know what I mean? Like... Just mind-boggling stuff. And then the other guy... The other guy who could possibly dethrone Otani. And there's only one guy. And I think you know who I'm going to say. And that's Mike Trout. Now, they're obviously teammates. In the World Baseball Classic, Otani struck him out. To win the World Baseball Classic. So that was an epic moment. Now, Trout is an animal. And it's been hurt. So it's hurt him a little bit. Because if he wasn't hurt, I think this wouldn't even be a conversation. Um, but oh my god, last year, holy cow. You see the stats on this guy? Trout, right? I mean, freaking Trout. He was hurt most of the year. Like, he didn't play much, right? I mean, I don't even think he played... He played maybe 100... I don't even know if he played 100 games, right? Like, he... I, I'm, I'm looking it up. <clears throat> Excuse me right now. I mean, he's insane, right? I mean, let's see here. Last year. 119 games. So he missed, what? 44 games. That's not right. No. 43 games. So I missed 43 games, which is a G, that's that's a decent chunk, right? He had five 438 at-bats. So he played a lot more in 2021. Right, so I got to give him that. At least, at least he did better than that. He had 124 hits. 85 runs scored. No runs. No, excuse me, I'm writing this wrong. No, that's right. Sorry, I'm over the place. 28 doubles, 2 triples, 40, 40. Okay, homers. 40, homers. 40. <laughs> Jeez. He had a 54 walks. I mean, he had two eighty three batting average. He was hurt quarter of the season. He still put up 40 homers. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, his OPS was 1,000. 999. <laughs> He's an animal. His war was like, eight, he said, war was like 83. 83. 
Do you understand? I mean, do you understand? Like, a good war is, like, five. Right? Like, people would kill. Like, that's pretty good. A war of five. And he's at freaking 83. How do you, like, how do you even comprehend that kind of level of greatness? He's so much better than everybody else. Like, he's he makes the angels win. Because that's what that's saying. Like, basically, if you took him out, you would lose that much. And with him in the lineup, they win that much more. Like, that is crazy. Like, I don't understand how you even compete. Yeah, like, war. Let's look at the definition of war. Measures a player's value in all facets of the game by de- deciphering how many more wins he's worth more than a replacement level player at the same position. He's at Freaking 83. And his superstars at 5 to 6 war. Like, that's what the metric is. Like, the rating. A scrub is 0 to 1. Solid star, 2 to 3. Good player, 3 to 4. All star, 4 to 5. Superstar is 5 to 6. And he's at like freaking 83. Do you understand that? That means he's so good that he's. <sighs> I think you understand. He's at a different planet than these guys. Like you can't take him out of the lineup because how valuable of a player he is. He's insane. So I just want everyone to sink that in. So how do you compare these three? Machado's right up there, too. He's not on the same level as these guys, but he's there. He's right behind Trout. I mean, excuse me, judging that, in my opinion. He had a great year last year. Finished second in voting. I know VP besides Goldie. Goldie had a great year, though. But, man, he's insane. Saw him last year in San Diego. He's, he's a monster. But the point is, like, how do you how do you compare Otani to Trout? And how do you compare Trout to Judge? Judge only did one year... Trout's been doing it for eight years, seven years. I mean, besides injuries, he's been an animal. And he's a great defender. Strong arm. I mean, great at it. I just, you know, how do you not root for a guy like Trout? You know what I mean? So, it's a big debate coming in the year. Who do I think is going to be, you know, the top guy this year? It's a tough question. I mean, if it's not Otani or Trout, I'd be shocked. Um, I think Judge will have a good year, not a great year, like this past. Um, and outside of those three, I mean, we've got to have like a dark horse, right? And you got to have somebody who's going to shock. Somebody's got to have a great year. Um, Trey Turner's really hot right now. You know, World Baseball Classic, he's feeling himself. Um, spring, spring training and homers. Um, is he going to continue that throughout the whole year, or is he going to die off a little bit? I don't know. That's the guy I watch right now. It's Turner. 
Turner can stay hot, play some carry the Phillies till Harper gets there, and then continue to play well. Watch out for Trey Turner. Really watch him. He's a speed demon, great defender, good bet. Hard to beat that. So that's a guy I would definitely watch out for. But yeah, guys, I just wanted to share my thoughts on the best player in baseball. I think it's a huge deal, and it's just hard to, you know, compare or, you know, contrast who's, you know, best in baseball. It's a hard metric. Hard to decipher who's the best of all stats and the positions. And just, it, it every position takes a different level of skill. A different kind of skill. And I think that's why it's really harder to, you know, say, oh, well, you know, he's the best. It's like, unless you're blowing somebody out of the water statistically, like, you know, Judge did, it's really hard. Um, so I think it's a great debate. And, you know, everyone's going to, sit there on their sports shows and say this, this, and that, and whatever. And they're all going to have different reasonings and whether they're right or wrong, but um, sports is a beautiful thing. That's debate's one of the best things about it. So, hey, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the G Show. I'm your host, Garrett, here. Till next time, I'll catch you later. Peace out.